When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. A product of the Whisper Forge. Sound and story brought to life. You're listening to a parody that is not affiliated with or endorsed by Supergiant Games in any way. We're just big old nerds making improv fanfiction. Rogue Runners is rated R for pretty much everything you can find in Greek mythology. Violence, assault, self-harm, offensive language, insensitive humor, and intense themes. We encourage everyone to check out our show notes and transcripts on our website at whisperforge.org. Are you ready to run? Then welcome to Volume 1 in the Blood. Rolf, the first thing you notice is the brisk, briny air against your skin. The second, the smell of salt and blood. Then you feel your body rocking back and forth, your back resting on a soggy, wet slat of wood on a boat. Your face is numb. Slowly, as sensation comes back to your skin, you feel heavy rain battering down upon your face. You open your eyes, blinking through the cold droplets. He's awake again! Magni's beard, he's awake! You see four figures looking down at you. One, a young woman bearing a long, thin sword. Another, a man with a long red cape. Another, a dagger-wielding man in a black cloak. At the front of this tiny boat, barely big enough to carry the five of you, is your oldest and dearest friend. Describe him. We see Braggy Anders. Braggy Anders is a five foot ten man where Rolf has very, very silver hair that was once a bright hayish yellow. Braggy has this very dark chestnut brown, almost black hair. In some areas with those lighter streaks of brown, brown eyes and a very nice clean shaven face. Maybe just like the hint of a mustache maybe that uh, is being experimented with, but not not quite there. Stockier man, definitely. Dressed in very light, breezy linen clothing. Very breathable and and movable. And sopping wet because it is super, super rainy. So maybe not that movable in its current state. (laughs) As you rise up in the boat, you see a handful of other boats a few hundred yards away from you, all also rocking violently in the storm. It is as you were warned. 
Ragnarok, when the whole world will fall submerged in water. Rolf, we need your spell-breaking to stop this. We knew this day would come, but it wasn't supposed to be like this. From behind him, you see the very sea rise up in a long, snake-like pillar. Nothing about this is right. This isn't natural. There was supposed to be a great battle, but the gods... The gods, they're gone. They won't answer. None of them are here. What's happening, Rolf? I, I wish I had answers. Look, I, I can do what I can. I've experimented, but all of this is theoretical. Magecraft spell-breaking. Do not fear, Rolf. <laughs> Thor is with us. I can see him now striking his anvil, the lightning throughout the skies. Thank you, Brynjolf. Here goes nothing. And Rolf is going to cast Ice Knife at the Pillar of Water and hope that I can stop it in its tracks before it gets any bigger. All right, everybody roll initiative. Everybody? Everybody? Yeah. Whoa. Right. 15. Brynjolf gets a seven. Okay. <laughs> Arete? Or what, what are you, Arete? I'll go with Thagfin. <laughs> uh, it is a 15. Annie, what are you going to be? Name is Tora, and I rolled a 21. Ragnarok could not occur if the gods were not present, surely. They must be here, right, Brynjolf? I can see him now. He is not angry with us. He is happy with us that we are here to take this voyage! You see that the massive pillar of water, Bragi is just looking at you while you're talking to him, and so as he's looking at you intensely, you just see this massive wall of water rise behind him, unbeknownst to him. Bragi, move! He turns around and sees it just as this massive pillar of water is about to crash down, and it is going to make a slam attack on the entire boat. Ooh, okay, does a 28 not hit anybody? <laughs> No, it hits me. Hits me. It, it hits me twice. <laughs> okay. Everybody takes 23 bludgeoning him. <laughs> so the pillar of water crashes down, and then as it crashes down onto the boat, the boat rocks heavily. Uh, we're going to see how well it can hold up to uh, that abuse. Uh, you know, fairly well. Um, but it, maybe not forever, so think about that. Then that massive pillar is going to come back up again, and it's going to become a little bit skinnier as it starts writhing faster, and tiny little more tendrils of water start breaking off from it and seem to spin around it, and now it's become this kind of like mass of like water tentacles whirling around like a little tornado type of thing. Well, Tora's going to cast Destructive Wave at the water thing. Tora pulls out her rapier and starts to vigorously swing it kind of around and above her head and a wave of force kind of comes out of it and she aims it directly at the creature. You have to roll a constitution saving throw. The sea has a good constitution. <laughs> of course it does. <laughs> Who would have thought? Oh, oh, oh. oh. Well, it's a critical failure. Yeah! <laughs> the wave crashes into this water creature, pushing it backwards and splitting it apart in a way that some of the water dissipates back into the ocean. And it is ideally smaller and not as threatening. <laughs> and it takes 21 damage. Would you like to call upon boons from any Norse deities? Probably. Well, let's hear it. Do we have any? What? <laughs> Improv, baby. Tor is going to aim the sword up towards the sky and call on Thor. Thor, aid this strike! And then aim it back towards the water creature, hopefully striking it down with some light. All right, so how much damage does it take total? That is 50. Dang. 
Okay, <laughs> you feel like you've taken out like a fifth of whatever this thing is. Bragi sees Tora do this and says, My goodness, perhaps the gods haven't forsaken us after all. I've been calling on them for ages, but I haven't seen them answer like that. He is going to take out his warhammer and then look at this giant water storm creature forming in front of him. He's just going to go, and just throw his warhammer basically at the ocean. So let's see how that goes. He deals a very solid 18 damage. So that was like, that was like not bad at all for what I imagined Bragi was capable of. Dagfin is going to leap off the boat and draw his dagger as he goes, Yard, I call upon thee for help. Yoo-hoo, Yard. Yoo-hoo. <laughs> oh my God. All right. The waves rise to meet your feet, Dagfin, and carry you wherever you want to go. To the spinning cyclone of tentacle water arms. It does do that. We're going to call it a tempest. Okay, great. Thank you. So Dagfin heads in the direction of the Tempest, drawing his weapon as he goes, and he will stab at the water. Ooh, a 30. Does that hit? That does hit. Is that a crit? No. A nice 10 damage. As the dagger approaches, Dagfin calls out, Vidar, God of Vengeance, aid this strike. Yoo-hoo. Vidar. Vidar. And then you, you see this like green energy pouring through your blade that will actually give you advantage on your next attack now that you've done damage to it. At this point, Bragi is going to turn to Rolf and say, Rolf, I know you've never been confident in spellbreaking, but this is the time. If there was ever a time, it is now. You must act. Bragi will handle it. I need you to go beneath, uh, go be- below deck now. This is a rowboat. Damn it. I'm no ending you right now. <laughs> Just get behind me. And and Rolf is going to run up and try and put himself between Bragi and the Tempest in order to provide cover should it strike again. And as he is doing that, you see the veins almost rise to the surface. And they don't ripple with red, but they ripple with this like deep, deep blue, almost purple as it pours out into that same color, blood crystal, and he invokes it and he says, Emir, deliver us from danger, as he casts a fourth level ice knife on the Tempest. 28 to hit. That hits. So you take 39 piercing damage as the ice knife flies into the middle of the Tempest with the deep purple blood crystal frozen inside. As it penetrates into the Tempest, you see the ice begin to splinter and break away, and as it does, the surface of the actual blood crystal becomes exposed, and on contact with the water, it shatters and flies out, generating more ice as it does so. Uh, and you take an, an additional 42 ice damage as that splinters out and attempts to freeze the entire Tempest. Okay, like half of this Tempest is freezing as Rolf launches this massive ice knife, basically an ice javelin at this point at it. And it seems to writhe, not so much in pain, but just continuous, unfettered rage. Fraggy seems very impressed. He says, Rolf, Rolf, that is, that is magnificent, my friend. The gods have not forsaken us just yet. If we were to die, it is the fate of the gods. We will not die here today, Brynjolf. Brynjolf will throw a wicked smile towards Tora and be like, you feel his presence too. And he will throw all his eyes like in the back of his head and start like stirring his hands whimsically, wriggling his fingers. Uh, gold, 
and he will just like point his fingers to the sky as he calls upon Thor and he will call lightning the tempest has to roll a dexterity save it gets a 20 flat okay so it'll take half this damage okay then that was 42 but half of that would be 21. The Tempest is looking quite bad. It is now its turn, though, and it is going to release a blast of thunder and wind in a line that is one mile long and 20 feet wide. The boat that you're on completely shatters. Everyone needs to make a dexterity saving throw. Plus four to everybody with me in the boat. So Tora got 30 then? With the plus four. Seeing that blast coming, Rolf is just like immediately gonna grab Braggy and since he's shorter than him, like ball him up and try and cover as much of his body as he can. I don't know if I, this can help to like give him advantage on the saving throw. Uh, it cannot, but it is very sweet. Okay, well, he's gonna try and take the blast all along his back as he rolls a. <laughs> Betty is. Oh my god. As he rolls exactly a 21 on that dexterity saving throw. Dagfin is going to sense that his fanatical companion, Brynjolf, is in trouble, and he is going to use his Loki card of fate to make his base roll a 20 for his saving throw. Then that's a 29 for Brynjolf. Dang, okay, well then I guess y'all are fine. (laughs) (laughs) So everyone must succeed on that saving throw or take that, oh, I guess I have to roll for Bracky. No. Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> well, well, Braggy gets a five. God damn it. He takes 22 damage. Jesus. He looks not great and is flung 60 feet in a direction away from the line. So he blasts under you and is just blown clean past you 60 feet into the water. And now the rest of you are also in the water. Welcome to volume two, In the Water. In the Water. (laughs) Toro would like to cast Melf's Acid Arrow, fifth level, on the Tempest. Okay. I was trying to make it like Norse sound, like Milf's 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 Acid Acid Arrow. arrow. (laughs) I think Melf is just fine. (laughs) Milf? Frick. So that's a 13. Okay, uh, that does not hit. Nothing happened. Tora's just not feeling it. Tora thought she could, but she's also trying to stay above water, so she's trying to not drown as she's trying to cast this spell and just be... Bragi, bless him, is not a swimmer, and he is desperately trying to find something to stay afloat, and he grabs onto a piece of broken boat and tries to kind of just hoist himself on it. So Dagfin calls out, Yoo-hoo! Loki aids this next attack and make me go bye-bye. <laughs> and Dagfin disappears with a slight popping noise and becomes invisible. He then stabs the Tempest in the back with his dagger. With the sneak attack damage, it comes to 25 piercing damage. Okay, yeah, the Tempest is looking like a husk of what it was originally. The storm seems to be dying down a little bit, but it's angrier by the moment. Dagfin calls out to Njord. Yoo-hoo, Njord, help me dash around the Tempest. As he just kind of like starts going in a circle around the Tempest to raise his AC as he dashes about him. Having just been thrown about by the Tempest, Rolf is sinking into the water. And when he opens his eyes beneath the surface, he sees Braggy's body kind of dipping beneath there, 60 feet away. 
knowing that he is not a capable swimmer. Rolf prays, like the words don't come out of his mouth, but his soul calls out to Hermit and he says, Hermit, I need you. And he uses that to dash as a bonus action. And so he swims the 60 feet up toward Braggy, grabs him just as he is surfacing onto the piece of driftwood. And he says, do you trust me? With my life. Very well. And he is going to, I don't think a boon, I think he is going to call upon Odin. Okay. Odin, do not abandon us! As he thundersteps with Braggy 90 feet into the center of the Tempest at level five. Oh shit, okay. Roll a constitution saving throw. So you call upon Odin, you vanish, but from the point to where you're thunder stepping to, you see a massive spectral horse that you know to be named Sleipnir. Gallop at lightning speed to the straight into the center of the storm, and then that's where you appear. And we, I guess we both appear atop Sleipnir. Yeah. Like on the horse as little imperceptible shards of the blood crystal shoot out of Rolf's pores all around him like a hedgehog like shedding all of its spikes and it flies out into the frozen bits of the tempest and what was that constitution saving throw 13 well with the blood crystal you had to beat a 25 okay so it, it does not beat that those little shards of crystal radiate out, they lodge themselves in the frozen pieces of water and then begin to vibrate as Rolf does and shatter uh, dealing 38 thunder damage. He's gonna expend sorcery points to cast careful spell to automatically allow Braggy to succeed on that. So Odin helps you out with this and you feel that actually it deals critical damage, so what was the actual amount? Okay, so it was 38, which then becomes 76. Rolf. You call out to Odin, and this massive spectral horse appears under the two of you and carries you both galloping through the air, over the water, directly into the heart of the Tempest, where your thunderstep explodes directly in the heart of the Tempest, dealing 76 thunder damage. And the Tempest shatters in all directions, and a massive tidal wave emanates in a circle away from this Tempest, and completely washes away Tora and Brynjolf uh-huh. and Dagfin. They are gone from the picture. Yoo-hoo, goodbye! <laughs> Woo! And then just slowly descending in the dying winds, it is just Braggy looking at you, the winds flying all around, tossing his dark hair, and he looks at you beaming and beatific and bemused, and he just says, What? Rolf? Rolf, what are you? What? What What do you mean? I know that you've been studying spellbreaking, but you've never been able to do this. How did you do all this for me? That's... that. That's your answer. I... There was no choice, right? It's, it's, it's what we have to do for, for each other to succeed, stay, stay alive, right? Stay alive? He looks at you confused, and then he looks down at his own body, and you see just half of it has completely been blown through with watery tentacles just slowly embracing stop, his wounds stop, and no. wrapping around him. Both of your bodies are slowly descending to the water, and he says, Half of us to Ragnarok, half of us to Folkvanger, 
Do you think we'll ever meet again? What, what do you know? <laughs> this isn't real. This isn't real. We're, we're um, uh, answer me, Rolf. The Valkyries will claim us soon. We, we, we don't need to meet again because we will not be separated. What do you mean we won't be separated? I, I, I mean, we can't be. I, I, I won't let it happen. Rolf, it's, it's happening. I can't, I can't even see you anymore, and it's getting hard to hear you. And you see his eyes begin getting cloudy and white. Stop, stop. Odin! I, um, um, Freya, Freya, please! Rolf, Rolf, stop shouting. Stop. There's, there's something I've been wanting to tell you, Rolf. What, what is it? Rolf, I, and the water swallows the two of you whole. Rolf, you feel your body descending further and further, deeper below the depths, and it is getting blacker and colder as you descend. And you begin to lose all sense of time. You begin to lose all sense of place. You just feel hundreds of thousands of pounds of water above you, just this water pressure just pushing you further and further down, and it should absolutely collapse all of your limbs, but somehow your body is still intact, and you fall for what must be minutes, perhaps hours. And finally, your feet slowly descend on the ocean floor, and you can't see anything. And then you feel a deep rumble through the ocean as a massive limb seems to slide along the ground next to you. Another impossibly deep echo just bellows through the depths of the ocean, louder than any whale, louder than any tectonic plate. Some other massive limb slides on your other side. These two limbs seem to join six other limbs in some massive dark form in front of you. He waits. Something in the darkness regards you, Rolf. And he continues waiting. He waits. He, he walks into the limbs. Finally, the creature speaks to you with many voices and says, How many realities must I construct before you finally say what it is you wish to say? What do you mean? Who are you? What, what is this? Why, why are you doing you ask yourself if you are out of place, but it is apparent that you are a failure no matter what reality I seem to put you in. So, where am I actually? Where, where, where is he? No place that matters. No place that will matter. I will consume this reality, and I will consume you. And then a massive limb begins to wrap around you and engulfs you in the blackness. You are in a 30 by 30 square room. And because you took the Ares boon on the farthest right corner of the room, you are all positioned there. The Iris boon was in the closest bottom left corner. So that is where you first see some monsters appear. You see two wretched heretics and two skultivators. Annie, you are up. Rolf, you are on deck. Annie would like to cast Thunderwave on that little group. So the Wretched Heretics get an 8, the Skultivators get a 5. Amazing. So they would all get hit for 2d8 thunder damage, and they are pushed uh, 10 feet away from me. And the damage is 9. Add, add the 4d8. Plus, I want to call to Ares and say, Ares, grant me your 
damage, baby. Eh. And your health. Add. What? And your health. You regain health. Four health. And I get dead that health, baby. Okay, great. 13 damage. And thank you for the help. <laughs> From 68s total? 68s. You get four additional D8s. Holy. Oh, I'm reading the wrong thing on my thing. Thank you. I have a Holy. feeling you guys are going to pick Aries 100% of the time. Of course we are. <laughs> but let me tell you, Iris is not going down without a fight here. 100% correct. Okay, so just so I get this correct, my Thunder Wave is just already 2D8. So I do... Roll four more D8s. Okay, so that's... 19, 19. Oh my God. Okay. Okay, so first everybody gets blown back, but they were already up against the wall. So they're kind of just like pushed into each other. So that's not a huge deal. However, you see the thick skull feature of the two Skultivators shatters. So they are now able to take damage. Furthermore, you blast the two heretics as well, and each of them looks like they would die with a paper cut. You also get the sense that these are all tougher monsters than ones you've faced in the past. That makes sense. Annie would like to run back to the group and let them know. I could totally be wrong, but Iris is clearly pissed off, so these guys are definitely going to be a little tougher than I think we think. But we can do it. Go team. But I think we think that you think we can do it. <laughs> uh-huh. Go team. Okay. Okay. And that would conclude Annie's turn. Hey, big heads. <laughs> Have you ever seen what happens to bone when it's exposed to hydrochloric acid? I'm an alchemist, genius. And he's going to draw the blood crystal on another acid splash. And that is going to be a DC... Ooh, I rolled a six. So that's going to be a DC 20 dexterity saving throw for the Skultivators. Okay, they get, get a critical one plus four, which is a five. So they fail. All right. Nothing too gross this time. Just kind of prepares a little ball of acid and then like squeezes it, sending the different bursts flying in their direction. As he does, 2d6 plus 4d6. So that's seven plus 10, 12... 17, 20 points of acid damage to them. Oh, holy shit. Okay, yeah, so you see this acid fall on them, and then as you do, you see these, like, red marks of doom hover over them, and the power of Ares just smites them as well. Thank you, homeboy! And you get the sense that you did the exact amount of damage you need to do uh, to take those bad boys out. So those cultivators vanish. Arete is going to go ahead, and because they are within five feet of each other, do some sneak attack business. So Arete is going to just oh so casually kind of, like, walk up to them as if he's about to walk past them. And then he's going to draw Lavoie and just absolutely stab the shit out of one of the heretics. That would be 12. You swing at this heretic, you're very confident you're about to hit it, and then a flash of rainbow light blinds you, and you feel like you're making the attack with disadvantage. So roll again. The lowest result is a 13. Okay, so you still hit. Being blinded by the light of Iris, Arete puts his hope in Ares and calls out to him and says, Ares, aid me in my strength and survivability. He thrusts blindly where he last saw the heretic and deals. It's a total of 32 damage. <laughs> All right, so yeah, you slash into that heretic. It goes, 
and it dies. Arete, seeing that he completely obliterated the other heretic, decides, you know what? I'm going to take it upon myself to do it again. And Arete will go ahead and do his second bonus attack with two-weapon fighting, which is a 12. Another flash of rainbow light catches your eye. Arete being blinded. Oh, it's 12 again. Okay, so you do land a hit. And that does 22 damage. Okay, you needed to do one. Yeah. Uh, so you do kill it. After this, what ends up happening is the entire ceiling above you becomes just this glimmering rainbow light everywhere. And you are all struck with these prismatic rays. Everybody make a constitution saving throw. Arete, you were struck by an orange beam. And what did you get on your... A 20 for my saving throw. So you were struck with this orange beam of light and you feel like there was some kind of magic that was going to affect you, but you shake it off. Then we have Rolf. I rolled a seven. Okay, you are struck with a combination of all of the colors of the rainbow at once. So you are struck with a white beam of light, essentially, and you are petrified. A petrified creature is transformed along with any non-magical object it is wearing or carrying into a solid inanimate substance, usually stone. We're saying it's stone. Its weight increases by a factor of 10 and it ceases aging. The creature is incapacitated, can't move or speak, and is unaware of its surroundings. Attack rolls against the creature have advantage. The creature automatically fails strength and dexterity saving throws. You have resistance to all damage and also immunity to poison and disease. So because it refers to incapacitated, I'm also just letting you know, incapacitated means can't take actions or reactions. I would say Rolf screams, but he can't. Oh no, Rolf, don't be so stone-faced. Alexander, what did you get? 23. You are struck by a green beam of light and you feel like you're able to shake it off pretty fine. So you feel like there was some powerful magic coming over you, but you were not affected by it. Annie, what did you get? A 13. Okay. Annie, you were also struck by an orange beam of light, and when the orange beam of light hits you, you are charmed. (gasps) So a charmed creature can't attack the charmer or target the charmer with harmful abilities or magical effects. In this case, the charmer is any hostile units. Those creatures also have advantage on ability checks to socially interact with you, which they're not really going to do, but it means you cannot attack or target them with harmful abilities or magical effects. So what can I do? (laughs) You tell me. So that all happens. Now the baddies are up. What baddies? We destroyed them all. So nothing happens this round. So Alexander, you're standing in an empty room. You've just watched all of this happen. Come on, Alexander, pick up a sword and assist, won't ya? If it helps you, on the top left corner of the room, you were seeing four more creatures beginning to materialize there. Alexander, like, shields his eyes with his big-ass shield, I guess, from the prism of green light. Runs over to Arate, puts his hands on him to heal him for ten points of health. Thanks. (laughs) And then... He's going to dash over to where the creatures are beginning to materialize. Now the round ends and some more monsters appear. In that corner, you see four wretched goons materialize. Annie, it is your turn. Um. So you can't attack enemies, but you can still help friends? Inspiration. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's kind of like all I can do. Annie's going to go ahead and she's going to use Bardic Inspiration. She's going to grant it to Arate. So Arate, for 10 minutes, you can add a 1d8 to an ability check, an attack roll, or a saving throw. Great. Uh, Do you do anything else on your turn, Annie? Annie's going to run over to Rolf. Rolf, 
Rolf, are you in there? She's gonna like knock on it. And Rolf, can you hear me? Rolf! So Annie, when it's the end of your turn, so it was a constitution save to kind of resist that really powerful beam, but now that you're just kind of shaking off the magical effect, you have to make a wisdom save. Okay, that's a 22, baby. You are no longer charmed. Yeah! Suck on that, orange haze. She doesn't say that. She doesn't. She would never say that. I'm so sorry. I'm just... (laughs) Okay, Rolf, it is your turn. You are stone. So at the end of your turn, make a constitution saving throw. Deep within the stone, Annie hears... (laughs) (laughs) His lungs are slowly turning to stone. I have a plus five, and I rolled an 11. Damn. Rolf, you are still stone. Arete is going to go ahead and use Death Shroud. There is a slight popping noise as Arete shimmers for a moment and is gone. And he is going to sneak next to the nearest goon and he is going to draw Lavoie. He's going to lick the blade, kiss it, and say, This has always brought me luck. As he thrusts it into the side, going for some damage. So the way that it works is you would normally roll with advantage because you'd have the invisibility from it. However, there's this prismatic light that shines from the wretched goon and cancels out that advantage. So it's only a regular attack. You also have bardic inspiration. Uh, But I'm thinking I might need it for a save and throw. (laughs) I think we don't... I think... We can't afford to miss. Okay, so I'm gonna use it. Great. Add one to the eight. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. You do stab into the wretched goon, but he seems so thick, T-H-I-C-C. Absolutely. That it goes into him like jelly and comes right back out. Seeing how thick this goon is, Arete kind of blushes at his thickness. <laughs> it goes, Arete is going to, in silent contemplation, think about his life choices uh, for the rest of the round. Baddies are up. So you got four wretched goons here. They're all going to try to hit you. Two of them are going to try to hit Arete. Two of them are going to try to hit Alexander. One wretched goon is going to swing at you, Arete. It gets a 16. It hits. Okay, it deals six bludgeoning damage. Another wretched goon is going to try to hit you. It only gets a 10. That does not hit. The other wretched goons were about to attack Alexander, but they see one of them landed a hit on you, so they go over to help those wretched goons. So uh, the other two are also going to try to attack you, Arete. This one gets a 12. That does not hit. And this one gets a 17. That does hit. Okay, you take six bludgeoning damage. I'm going to go ahead and use one of my reactions to perform an uncanny dodge. And when an attack that I can see hits me with an attack, I can use the reaction to have the attack's damage against me. Nice. So that would be three instead? Yeah. What does it sound like when you uncanny dodge? I pull out a can opener and... (laughs) I remove the top of a can of baked beans and I throw them in the air and I have uncanned the beans. <laughs> That's an uncanny dodge. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ten more beams of rainbow light strike you immediately. <laughs> um, Arete kind of oh. having now been... No, no, no. That's canon. That's, That's canon now. <laughs> You could say it's uncannon. So that happens. Uh, Alexander, you are up. And Annie, you're on down. I'm going to stab a goon in the back. Oh, 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 oh. I am so, so sorry. 
I completely missed a very important thing that happens. We have to do saving throws now. Yeah, so tons of beams of rainbow light strike everybody, so everybody make constitution saving throws. Because... What is wrong with roll? All right, that's good. That's good enough, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. It's the highest of everybody's rolls, so it better be good enough. Alexander, you were struck by a red beam of light. What was your con save, 13? Yep. Okay, you take... 17 force damage. Fuck. Rolf, you got a what, a 13? Yes. <laughs> you're struck by another beam of the petrifying light, so you're fine. Great! Annie, what did you get? Annie got a 16. You are struck by the red beam of light as well. However, you only take half of this damage. So you take half of nine, so four. Thank you, I guess. I mean, do you want to take the full? I mean, we can. No, no, okay. thank you right. so much. Thank you so much. Arete would like to take the full, though. Um, <laughs> I bet. Okay, um, Arete, uh, you are hit by the orange beam of light. You shake it off. We'd love to see it. Because you got a 17, right? Sure did. Okay, so Alexander, it's your turn. Arete keeps feeling this tickle at the end of each round in his stomach, and he doesn't quite understand why. You see, when you get to be this age, Arete... Things start to change. I'm sure it's the first time he's ever felt a tickle in his stomach. Alexander. Alexander. (laughs) It's good to see you die. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm going to stab one in the back. 17. A flash of rainbow light hits you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thank you. (laughs) And then that was 18, so 17. Right, you still hit. Now we play. With Ares guiding his hand, Alexander does 41 damage to the... Uh, the goonie? The doof. The goon. You see this deathly red glow surround your sword, and you feel just kind of this wicked energy coming from it as this like feeling of bloodthirst washes over you that you haven't felt since you were living. And you swipe into the first wretched goon, and you feel like where your blade should stop, it just keeps going, and it slashes into the second wretched goon, and both of them are bisected and disintegrate. Whoa. Okay, so can I use my extra attack on the other two, I guess? Yeah. All right. Let's see if these work. Well, that's a 12. Thickums boy bounces it off. Okay. I will stand by Arate to fight the goons. Since Annie has just been trying to attend to Rolf best that she can anyway, Annie now is going to grant Bardic Inspiration to Rolf to hopefully assist him in, uh, next time he has to roll a saving throw. So Annie's just going to, like, knock on the stone again. Like, Rolf, I really, I'm not sure if you can hear me, but... I'm gonna I'm gonna play something on my viol really quickly, just like something really short, just just for just for you, okay? I shouldn't whisper. You won't. It's not okay. And Annie's gonna pull out her viol, play a sweet little tune. So yeah, Rolf, when you roll next time, good good luck. You get to add a D8 to it, and I sure hope it's a it's a good roll, buddy. I'm proficient <laughs> in Constitution, and I've not rolled above a 13. Well, Rolf, it is your turn now. You are stone. Please make a Constitution saving throw. Rolf hears the music, and from within the statue, you hear a very muffled rendition of Made of Stone. Oh my gosh. <laughs> As he rolls a freaking. Okay, he rolls a 15 plus 2. 17. The stone begins to crumble away from you. As you are now flesh once more. Oh, welcome back. You got rock lung? <laughs> There's dust in my throat. <coughs> ah. 
Okay. We've got two goons left, correct? Yep. Wonderful. And because Alexander is there now, I can successfully do some sneak attack damage. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. I'm assuming that after Alexander's attack on uh, the goon that is before him, the goon has given him his undivided attention. So Arete will take this opportunity, seeing his back turned, and attempt to stab that goon in the back. Okay. And that's a natural 20. Nice, so that's a crit. Remember when you crit, you're also doubling your Ares boon damage. <laughs> oh, wait, hang, hang on. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. A flash of rainbow light hits you. There Roll you with go. Disadvantage. <laughs> well, because I was doing the sneak attack, I would have had advantage. <gasps> so that means that this is just the base roll, right? Uh huh. Because that, yeah. Oh, so you roll ten die. Holy fuck! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, so that's eighteen d six. We'll see what happens here. I hope you roll eighteen ones. <laughs> Okay, so that's going to be 57, yes. actually 58, because part of Lavoie gives me plus one to damage. Not that I need it, but just to make sure that everything's copacetic there. And I'm going to say that as I stab this goon in the back, Arete is going to whisper into the goon's ear, That's right, you little punk. Take it. The sword comes through the screen and stabs Tozamon. Yeah. <laughs> God, I fucking wish. Okay, so... Um, Arete, you are stabbing into this goon, and as you do, you feel Ares' deathly red mark emanating from your blade, and you see all of the needles going into the doll of the hilt of your blade are now cutting into your skin as you just jam it into this wretched goon. And when you do that, the doll lights up in your hand, and you see the wretched goon immediately next to it also take the exact same blow. So that damage is split across the two of them, and the two of them are obliterated. They just go, ooh, and I don't know, fall over and die? I don't know. Have fun in hell, boys even though we're already here. Now, everybody make constitution saving throws as the Aurora Borealis just drops on y'all. I swear to fucking God, if I get petrified again, I'm dropping out. Ugh. <laughs> I actually might die. Well, I'm really doing well on these constitution saving throws. I keep rolling freaking eights. That's a 13. <laughs> Arete, you are struck by an orange beam. You shake off its energy. <sighs> Anastasia... You are struck by a violet beam of energy, and you shake off its effect, whatever it is. Oh, that's so pretty. Alexander, you are struck by a green beam of energy, and you are frightened. So the way frightened works is a frightened creature has disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls while the source of its fear is within line of sight. The source of fear for you is any hostile targets. The creature can't willingly move closer to the source of its fear, which again is all hostile targets. And then Rolf, you are struck. <laughs> do it, do it. Oh, no. I am not even making this up. Hang on, I have to make sure. So. I swear to God, I rolled an eight again. <laughs> this time he gets a scream out as his feet start, start to turn back into stone. Yeah. Just as they were going away. And he goes, yeah. <laughs> Now what ends up happening is you see 10 square tiles in front of you lighting up from the bottom right of the room. So they are lining up in a long rectangle leading basically up to where you guys are standing at the top right, Rolf and Annie, and a little bit along the south end of the room. So you see 10 tiles beginning to light up. I just see tiles? Yeah, as in monsters are going to be summoned there at the end of the round. Groovy. 
Excuse me, ten? That's a lot of tiles. Then, for now, Alexander is going to cast Shield of Faith. A shimmering field appears and surrounds a creature of your choice within range, granting a plus two bonus to AC for the duration. Duration is concentration up to ten minutes. You want to try calling on Iris? Would it work? It will guarantee work no matter what, right? Because it's your ability, it says you do this thing, and that's what happens. Iris, I wish to fight you on a fair playing field. Grant me plus two AC. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You hear a voice ring out from the heavens saying, Oh, are you feeling the burn? Want me to get you an ointment for it? You do get the AC, but you hear that voice calling from above. This is some sassy ointment. (laughs) (laughs) So that's who Iris voted for in the primary. I want that on a sticker. I want that on my ointment. (laughs) I thought you said I want that on a stick, and I was like, yeah, I guess. I mean, (laughs) sure. That was just a bonus action, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to use Cure Wounds to heal as well, and that should be a full action. And that is 10 health. Ah. And also, Asclepius, you get in here and, 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 and hit me up. And rub my feet. The spectral snakes of Asclepius uh, wrap around your wounds and you heal. So, the round ends. Annie, you are up at the start of your turn. You see in the square of four tiles south of you, four wretched goons appear. On the square of four tiles beyond that, so at the very south right corner of the room, you see four wretched heretics appear. And then two skultivators appear to their left. So on the south edge of the room, essentially. So you've got four wretched heretics, four wretched goons, two skultivators. Good gods. Okay. I'm getting really tired of this, man. Annie would like to cast... Thunderclap. You run right into the fray. You are surrounded by two wretched goons, a wretched heretic, and a skultivator. You unleash a thunderclap, and now four units have to make constitution saving throws. Skultivator. All of them fail. Yes! That's great news! And so Annie, <laughs> they all take 2d6 of thunder damage. Plus Ares damage. Plus Ares damage. All right, so that's a total of 20 thunder damage. God damn. So one of the heretics explodes, two of the wretched goons explode, and the skultivator, one of its thick skulls vanishes. Now it is able to take damage. So run towards where Arate and Alex are. And she'll also mention, hey, I don't know if we can do this. I, I can't, per- I can't, I can't carry it by myself. But if we, if, if one of you or maybe both of you can go and grab Rolf's statue and just like push him into a, a corner, that would, that, I think he would appreciate that. I th- He's basically at a corner. Oh, okay. Well, you know, just like away from danger because there's really not much he can do at the moment. I, I, it was just a thought. Okay. Um, well, maybe Arate, you can hide behind him. I was also thinking about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, he is very tall. Rolf, it is your turn. Arete, you are on deck. Rolf rolls a dexterity saving throw and rolls a one for a total of five. Oh so he does oh nothing. God. Well, it's a constitution saving throw. Oh, shit. He rolls a constitution saving throw. Rolls a four for a total of nine. So he stays oh where he God. is. <laughs> he is still stone. Sorry about it. Arete, it is your turn. Stay with me when the ceiling opens up to get a plus four on your saving throw. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and use my other death shroud. So Arete shimmers and with a slight pop, he disappears. And he is going to creep up to the goon that is 10 feet away from him. So Arete invisible lays down between the legs of this goon, draws Lavoie and thrusts upward into the genitalia 
of the goon above him. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, it's still a regular attack, right? Because you're doing it with advantage. Iris is going to be staring at you like, what the fuck? So he is a thickums boy even down there. So yeah. uh, your blade bounces off with a nine. So Arete, seeing the thickness yet again, blushes an even deeper shade of red. And then Arete is going to attempt to hide behind Statue Rolf. I can still take damage. You draw an opportunity attack when that happens. Yeah. Gets a nine. That does not hit. Okay, yeah, so you go hide behind Rolf. And my stealth check roll for that is an 18. All right, the sky opens up again as beams of prismatic light rain down on you. Everybody make constitution saving throws. Oh. Add four, Annie. <gasps> okay. Oh. Okay, that's okay. a 14 for Annie. 21. Look at you go, Rolf. 20. 20. Okay, rays of prismatic light strike everybody. Arete, you are struck by a yellow beam of light. You shake it off. <laughs> Rolf, you are struck by a violet beam of light, and you shrug it off. I don't know how I shrug, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Alexander, you're struck by a yellow beam of light as well. It does nothing to you. Annie, you are struck by a red beam of light. You take 15 force damage. <laughs> <laughs> The three wretched heretics are going to unleash an absolutely terrifying volley of magical energy at all of you. So each of them fires three bolts of energy at you. Each of you takes nine of these. They function like magic missiles, so they don't really have rolls attached to them. So it's 9d4 plus 9. Oh, so we die. No, it's d4s. Come on. 9d4 plus 9? That's so much. It will, on average, be about 27. Yeah, someone's going to die, actually. I'm, I might die. <laughs> so 25 plus 9 is 34. <gasps> Goodbye. Yeah. These wretched heretics were just waiting for this chance. So they unleashed this volley, and it goes... As they just hammer into y'all, dealing 34 forest damage. As Arete dies, he shouts to the universe, I am still unclear on the mechanics of magic missile. <laughs> and he just bursts into a cloud and puddle of blood. Okay. Oh, no. All right, that happens. Has everybody else subtracted their damage? Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's what the wretched heretics do. The wretched goons are going to attempt to attack. Son of a biscuit. Alexander, they're going to try to attack you. Okay. Crits. 20? Yep, nat 20. Wow. So you take 12 bludgeoning damage. The club comes down on Alexander, and when they raise the club, there is nothing left. <gasps> no! No. Rolf is now a beautiful red statue. <laughs> the next wretched goon is going to try to attack Annie. It gets a 12. Does that hit? Yeah, it meets it. Meets, yes. <laughs> okay, so it does six bludgeoning damage. No, I, I have five health. <laughs> no. So Annie, does something happen to you? She died. Yeah, Annie's dead. All right. It smashes you into the ground, and you just seem to assimilate into a pool of blood on the ground. Blah. Two Sculptivators are going to come at you, Rolf. They have advantage on these attacks because you're stone, right? Yep. Okay. So the first one gets a 16. That hits. It deals six damage total. So one piercing, five fire, but we're cutting it in half, so it's dealing only one piercing, two fire from that attack. My shoulder falls off. I rolled very badly on that one, so the second Sculptivator doesn't do anything. A new round begins. Annie is not there. Rolf, it is your turn. I'm going to roll a constitution saving throw and stay petrified. Let's see. 
That's a nine, so I stay <laughs> okay. a statue. You are still stoned. The uh, Sculptivators are going to attack you with advantage. 25 hits. Yeah, absolutely it does, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so you take three damage because you're, you take half. The next one is going to try to hit you. 24. You take three damage again. Okay. It is your turn. I roll another con save and... 13 plus 5, 18. You are unstoned. Beautiful. Now I take normal damage. Let's see what happens. Oh, I didn't even roll the attacks for the goons, right? I didn't realize they were still alive. The goons are hanging out. <laughs> they are going to attack this turn, though. So they don't have advantage anymore. So that one only gets a 10. That doesn't hit you. Nope. Second goon attacks. He gets a 23. That hits. He deals six bludgeoning. Two sculptivators attack. Critical fail and a 12. That hits. They deal one piercing five fire. Okay. And at eight hit points, Rolf is going to go, you know, fuck all of you. Like, fuck you to hell. And he's going to cast Melf's Minute Meteors. Nice. And with that, he's going to go, and you know what? I'm going to use a freaking blood crystal too. So roll a freaking dexterity save. Okay. With a DC of 18. <laughs> The man who's losing, who's just lost it. I haven't seen this since the Chain Devils. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I create six tiny meteors in my space. They float in the air and orbit me for the spell's duration. When I cast the spell, and as a bonus action on each of my turns thereafter, I can expend one or two of the meteors, sending them streaking toward a point or points I choose within 120 feet of me. That's the whole room, baby. Uh, Once a meteor reaches its destination or impacts against a solid surface, so it doesn't even have to hit them, the meteor explodes. Each creature within five feet of the point where the meteor explodes must make a dexterity saving throw. Creature takes 2d6 fire damage. God damn it. Fire damage on a failed save or half as much damage on a successful one. Shit, that was dumb. Oh, God. Okay. I can hurt the other people, though, not the little skull shits. Okay, so what do I need to do? So who's left in the room right now? You have three heretics, two wretched goons, two cultivators. I'm going to throw one meteor at the wretched goons and another one at the wretched heretics. So are they all within five feet of each other? The goons and the heretics are definitely within five feet, yeah. Okay, so both the goons and the heretics have to roll a saving throw and they have to beat an 18 dexterity. They get a 9 and a 16. Okay, so they all get fucked up. Okay. Let's see. (laughs) So that's 2d6. Ares, help me send these bitches back down to hell. (laughs) And that's going to be 66 damage. So that is 10 plus 15, 18, 24, 29 damage to all of them, and for each instance of damage, I regain four hit points. So I regain eight hit points as well, and you can leave me the hell alone, please. Thank you. One of the meteors will basically break the thick skull on the other Sculptivator. So that one will be standing, but everybody else gets absolutely obliterated. They're gone. So it is you versus the Sculptivator. Beautiful. The sky opens up. Jesus fuck, okay. Make a constitution saving throw. Please. I rolled a 13, plus five is an 18. Hell yeah. Okay, yeah, you get struck by a green beam and you shake it off. It's a beam that would frighten you and you are too mad to be frightened. Iris, I thought we were cool, homie. Oh. The Sculptivator is gonna come at you. He's mad, he's gonna gnaw. He gets a 13. That hits. Okay, so that is one piercing five fire. Okay, and now... 
Hey, buddy! I'm just, I'm gonna stare at the head. Because meh! And just spit at it with acid splash using another blood crystal. I'm gonna use my ability to recall the expended crystal and then reinfuse it into that spit as I shove it right in its stupid face. It has to roll a 19 or higher dexterity saving throw. I don't know th- uh, that it can. It gets an 18. Aha! And then I do. Ooh! 24 acid damage. That acid just corrodes into it, and you hear Ares laughing wickedly <laughs> as it disintegrates. When that happens, the air fills with mist, and you hear the sound of waterfalls again. And you hear a voice ring out in your ears, Rolf, and it says, You know, a great bard once sang, It's not always rainbows and butterflies. It's compromise that moves us along. Wouldn't you agree? Roll a d4. Three. Okay, you're going to get an epic iris boon. So you have power, survivability, or utility. Uh, hey, can I just ask, um, was that Maroon 5? Yes. Okay, thank you. Just needed to confirm. <laughs> that was like my AIM away message, like, Are for so long. <laughs> With like the different fonts and shit. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> Power, survivability, or utility. Considering it's just me by myself, I, I really wanted to select utility, but I need to screw some people up because I'm mad now. So give me that survivability. Let's see how far I get. Okay, so you already know what the Iris survivability boon is. So when you are attacked, you may expend your reaction to impose a shimmering shield of prismatic light between you and your attacker, conferring disadvantage on the attack. Furthermore, you gain plus three AC when you use it. All right. Iris, very satisfied with herself, but impressed, very impressed also, fades away as the sounds of waterfalls pass and the room clears of mist. Rolf, you see one gate with a chthonic key on it, but you see a question mark under it. Through gritted teeth, Rolf says, thank you, Iris, and goes and presses the bubble and jumps into the portal headfirst and pissed. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You enter a circular room covered from ceiling to floor in ruby tiles. The smell of rose water fills the air. On the pedestal, you see a jeweled staff that is covered in gold filigree whirling on its axis. Well, that looks pretty tight. I'm gonna walk out to it, hold my hand out, and say, whoever is here to challenge me and see if I'm worthy, please present yourself. I'm up for the challenge. My old friend, it is excellent to see you again as a sphinx drops down next to you. Enigmatos, buddy, how are you? I am well, how are you? Oh, well, I'm... I've been I've been better, but you know what? I'm I, I'm feeling so good now that I get to see you, friend. Where are your compatriots? I'm afraid they have been failed in battle. I am avenging them. Oh, that is most unfortunate. So I'm assuming I have to prove I'm worthy to retrieve this staff. Am I right, Enigmatos? Of course. I mean, I already know that you were worthy of the previous arm, but perhaps you were also worthy of this one. Well, it would be a lovely surprise. Uh, I'm open to hearing whatever you have ready for me. I'm quite excited, actually. I'm, you're so lovely, Enigmatos. I don't know how to respond to that, but okay. Are you ready for your riddle? Let's hear it. 
Nobody can help Rolf with this riddle. Fuck me. You have to do this on your own. I figured as much. Sorry, bud. I also figured as much. I was like, I don't think the ghostly voice of Arete can echo through the through Tartarus on this anymore. Yeah. On paper, I'm smart, but I am the dumbest member of this group in real <laughs> life. All right. On four it stands, yet from it four hang. Forged from Daedalus's careful measure came Pasiphae's shameful pleasure. What am I? Pasiphae's shameful pleasure. Hmm, can I roll a history? Yeah, you can roll history. Here we go. I rolled a two plus three, that's a five. Okay, Pasiphae sounds like a name you've heard before. You, re- you recognize Daedalus. That sounds familiar. Yes, of course. I mean, what you know about Daedalus is he was a very fine craftsman. He used to craft things. Yeah. On four it stands. That's obviously a, a table or a bed or something with legs, of course. Uh, oh, wait. It might be the Trojan horse. Yet from it, four hang. Did people hang from the Trojan horse? Um... Did Daedalus make the Trojan horse? I don't know. Can I hear that one more time, Enigmatos buddy, before you howl me to death? On four it stands, yet from it four hang. Forged from Daedalus's careful measure came Pasiphae's shameful pleasure. What is it? Shameful pleasure? Is it a sex thing? Um... I have a feeling that somewhere out there God is making a face and nodding a little bit, so maybe... On four it stands, so four legs of some sort, right? So it could be a creature, a table, a bed, yet four hang. What could hang from it? It could be a tablecloth, perhaps, uh, some bed sheets, bodies. Uh, I doubt it's like, um, I don't know what you call, you know, those things where you hang people. A gallows? Um, I, I don't recall any stories about Daedalus. You know what? Uh, fuck it. Okay, um... I'm going to be very sad if I'm wrong, and I have a feeling I am wrong. But my answer is the Trojan horse. The Sphinx roars. Make a wisdom saving throw. I am kind of wise. It's a 17. You do not succeed. Okay. You are very frightened for one minute. He says, incorrect. (laughs) But I mean, that's all that happened. So you can still keep guessing if you want. (sighs) Shit, well, I'm not going to kill myself. I don't want to give up. But could I roll religion? Um, I'm, uh, to see if I'm aware of the holy deeds of Daedalus or the other person, the one with the P. Yeah, so I'm going to say this is more drawing on your knowledge of Pasiphae. Yeah, so roll religion. Okay, Pasiphae. Let's see, I think I read a book about Pasiphae somewhere. I rolled a 13. So you know that Pasiphae was a daughter of Helios, the sun god. You are familiar with a story in which she basically had this curse placed on her, and she was so overcome with lust for this bull that she had Daedalus craft something for her so that she could mate with it. It was a sex thing! Is it what? Oh, is it like one of those sex swings where you tie someone up, you know, the leg? I think the answer is very deducible from here. That's all I'm gonna say. To mate with a bull. Oh boy, okay. A good thing Annie's not here. Let's see. So to mate with a bull. So the main problems we're seeing is that... Oh! No, no, wait. The iron bull was to kill people, not to fuck bulls. Um, On four it stands, yet from it four hang. One more time, Enigmatos. Hit me with those fresh beats. On four it stands, yet from it four hang. 
forge from Daedalus's careful measure came Pasiphae's shameful pleasure. What is it? Oh, maybe it's not the thing itself. Maybe it's the pleasure. Is that what the riddles ask? No, I'm, I'm, I'm reading into it too much. Um... On Forrest's head, it could be the Iron Bull. I don't know if she wanted to mate with it. Like, again, I'm thinking a sex swing, you know, to. But you would have to support the bull's weight so it couldn't crush her, right? Uh, screw it. Okay, um, uh, I'm a little scared of you now, buddy, in a very uh, uh, flattering way. Good, nice roar there. Very impressive. Um, yeah, the, the Iron Bull. Steel Bull, Bronze Bull. The uh, the Sphinx is going to roar again. Make a wisdom saving throw. It's a thirteen this time. Okay, you are deafened and frightened. So now here's what happens: because you're deafened, you actually can't hear what the Sphinx says after. So look at my mouth. Very lows, very lows, very large, very. Make it make an intelligence check. (laughs) Oh my god. Let's see if Drunk Carlo has high enough intelligence if he's an idiot. Oh my god! That's a nine! I'm 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 suffering. I want you to know that I'm suffering. I am right there with you, girl. Yeah, I figured you were. So you are frightened, you are deafened, you can't even hear yourself, but that's where you're at. Let's see. Fairy lows. I'm gonna look at my own mouth in the camera as I say it to see if anything different comes oh, up. Oh, sorry. You are also paralyzed, so I'm gonna say oh, you can okay. only you can only move your mouth for this. Rolf is just chilling on the ground, uh, <laughs> thinking this over. God. Very low. Ve- a very low sex swing. Uh, very <laughs> toe. Very so toes are on. Merry toe. Merry toes are on. Um, very toes. Very toss. Uh, oh, your eyes lit up. Your eyes lit up. <laughs> Fairy toes, bull toes. Don't look at Michael. Don't look. Don't look at him. <laughs> I want to die. I'm just staring at him to bring him shame. I'm Norse. Leave me alone. I don't know any of this shit. Fairy toes. Fairy bows. Glary does. Gyarados, the Pokemon. Uh, Mary pose. Is that your guess? No, it's not. We repose. Oh, a we repose. Very most. Okay, to be clear, he's not. He didn't tell you the answer after roaring at you. So if you remember, after the first roar, he told you incorrect. Uh huh. So after the second roar, he said very close. Very close. (laughs) Jesus Christ, give me strength. I don't know how. Okay, real talk. I can't read lips at all. That's um, okay. Anyways, I can <laughs> tell. <laughs> I can tell. Gary Dose. Oh my god. I was like, I do not want to see you ever have to go on Jimmy Fallon and play that game where you have to put the headphones on and like try to read the lips of Jimmy Fallon as he says a phrase. Jeez Louise. Oh, oops. That was the next game show room. Sorry. Um. Okay. Very close. It's not the Iron Bull. It wasn't the Steel Bull. The Bronze Bull. The the fucking bull, the, the human bull, the or maybe it's iron something, iron sex swing. Mm. Now that I know that it's like I was very close, could I do a history again? Sure, but tell me what you're doing differently this time with your history. I, I suppose I, I'm trying to dig deeper in the terms of bull, something related to bull. Okay. Now that I have the knowledge of the mating thing, that's a thirteen again. Okay, so. Ask yourself this. Can a bull mate with a bull? The iron cow. Um, 
Iron Maiden, like the band. I'm gonna vomit. As God, I have to think about this for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to vomit right here, right now. Not Iron Broad. I'm going to die. <laughs> the Sphinx is gonna roar again, but this time your hearing comes back. <laughs> and you hear, fucking close enough, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay. As he does this, you see a magnificent feast of food and drink in front of you. Oh, wonderful! Uh, a cathartic key appears. <laughs> I didn't know you gave consolation prizes, Enigmatos. It's been a rough day. <laughs> he brings out that feast in front of you. There's the cathartic key. There is still that beautiful gem gold filigree staff. I'm going to go grab the staff and I'm going to say, Enigmatos, would you care to feast with me? I could really use one after that, so fine. I'm so sorry. I, listen, I'm doing my best. I, I don't know if you're aware, I'm an outlander, so um, I, I'm doing my best to assimilate into the Grecian culture, but uh, it's taken me a second. You guys have a lot of stories. Oh, just a few. Um, May I ask, what was the exact answer you were looking for? Wooden cow. I would have accepted just cow, but you went into describing the actual material of the cow which was incorrect it was a wooden cow even though cow was the correct answer so because you said cow i'm just i'm just i'm just going to take it okay well i appreciate your uh, your forgiveful nature um oh, mm, oh my goodness this, this pheasant is delicious anyways so like what's your deal enigmatos like why are you here what's up you have any tips for me as i continue on this journey i have a sacred charge to protect that's right that's right the legendary treasures that is my deal you have any tips for an old man trying to survive on his own uh i would say no one survives on their own that's fair you want to place a bet to see how far i get no okay um well, enjoy. What's your favorite food, Enigmatos? Ah, oh, I'm rather fond of the Minotaur cheese over here. Ah, how do you like, uh, do you like nectar? Ah, oh, I think I am rather fond of nectar, but there's plenty here. Okay, all right, fine. I mean, I was going to offer, but yeah, you're right. There is some on the table, so all right. And I feast. <laughs> okay. It takes an hour to consume, and it disappears at the end of that time. You gain several benefits. You're cured of all diseases and poison. You become immune to being frightened. You make all wisdom saving throws with advantage. You gain 10 hit points, and your hit point maximum increases by that much, and you have this benefit basically until you die. And also, you have this magnificent staff. Is there anything I can deduce just from looking at it, or am I going to have to wait a little longer? Uh, make an arcana check. A 17? Oh, okay. You recognize the name of this staff to be Rui Jingu Bang. Nice. And even though it is a staff, it is called Rui Jingu Bang, the Ring of Gold. Ah. What you know is that this was a legendary weapon in a very famous tale called Journey to the West. Journey to the West. Very. In I, I'll have to look it up in the library later, but it's ringing a bell. Wonderful. Oh, what a magnificent gift. It was once wielded by a legendary monkey king. Ah, the monkey king, Donkey Kong. Yes, I remember him well. Oh, my lord. Okay. All right. Um, well, it's a pleasure as always, Enigmatos. Uh, likewise, I guess. Great. Okay, you see two gates leading out of the room. One is a gate showing darkness, and the other is showing a bag of coins. All right. Well, all things considered, I think darkness is the move here. Uh, so I'm going to press on that. I'm going to give uh, Enigmatos a little bow, and I'm going to dive in. All right, you do that. 
what you find yourself in is something called a free room. So a free room basically just has the reward that you picked in it. Oh, hot. Okay. So you have 150 darkness. I pocket that. And then you see a gate. On the gate, you see a skull and crossbones. All right. (laughs) Say hello to Meg for me. I can't believe I'm about to die to this freaking lady again. I really thought with everything we had, this was my time to shine. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to spend five sorcery points to regain a third level spell slot. And then I'm going to use that spell slot to cast third level false life on myself. I'm going to breathe in those delicious vapors for 15 temporary hit points. Okay. All right. I'm going to breathe deep and get ready to fight this lady again. Here we go. I press on the bottle and I jump into the portal. You see Megara and Thanatos standing in the middle of the room. I knew it. As soon as I pop in, I'm just going to say, wow, things are really falling apart around here, huh? Zagreus dying in restoration chambers? That doesn't happen often. Megara says, what the hell do you mean by that? Oh, you didn't know? Zagreus can't complete the escapes anymore. He died in a restoration chamber here in Tartarus. Thanatos scowls. He says, that's impossible. You're lying. What do you even have to gain from that? Roll a deception or roll uh, an insight check and check. You'll see. I'm telling you the truth. Uh, I mean... Okay. Uh, I mean, so so he doesn't believe you. <laughs> I'm, I can prove... Well, I can't really prove it. If you ever get on Cash Chariot, tell him to take you to Zagreus. That's what I did. And guess what? Zagreus fucking died right in front of me. Where did you see him? A healing chamber. One of, one of the fountain rooms here in Tartarus. That's not possible. You can't die in a healing chamber. He, he was crawling toward the fountain. And then as he neared the fountain, he went up in a fountain of blood. Hmm. <laughs> You're right, I guess this place is falling apart, and it's up to us to keep it in good condition. And he snaps his fingers, and a massive black maw appears underneath you. Yeah. Make a dexterity saving throw. I have to be a dick about it. I'm trying to help you out here. All right. Great, that's a seven. You feel this sense of overwhelming dread. It's as simple and straightforward and inescapable as gravity, as you get sucked into this maw. And you die, if that's not clear. <laughs> Okay. I'm dead. Rogue Runners Volume 1 In the Blood stars our players Nicholas Benetados as Alexander the Great, Amanda Facosta as Anastasia Pentazis, Giancarlo Herrera as Rolf Yannick, and Michael Pisani as Arete Lascaris. Dungeon mastering and NPC voices are by me, Tozaman. Cover art by Chandler Candela. Sound design and editing by Giancarlo Herrera. Title music by Sage GC, with vocals by Jessica Dahlgren and Sage GC. Character theme music by Giorgio Volpe. Additional music by Epidemic Sound. Transcription by Eli Barasa. If you liked what you heard, we hope you'll consider helping us make future tabletop parodies of your favorite stories. You can support us at Patreon on patreon.com slash roguerunradio. Patrons get access to our community Discord channel, as well as our behind-the-scenes chat cast Out of the Blood, where we talk about everything on our minds after the episode. There are free free ways to support the show too. We hope you'll leave us a glowing review on your listening app of choice as well as spread the good word about us on Twitter and Instagram where you can follow us at Rogue Run Radio. We love hearing from you so hit us up there or email us at rr at whisperforge.org. We're very proud to be in the Whisperforge Collective and hope you'll check out our other shows. We think you'll love the Far Meridian 
a gorgeous and heartfelt audio drama about places unknown and memories resurfaced. Get ready to run with us next week. New episodes drop every Friday. Till next time, sinners. I'll see you in hell. and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Good evening, and welcome to Strange Air. I am your host, Malcolm Smith, and I'll be here for the next four hours taking your calls as we explore the outer regions of reality. Ten years ago, Malcolm Smith vanished from the face of the earth. One moment, he was on the air in the middle of a sentence, and the next moment, he was gone. People will believe anything. So, what do you think happened? I believe your father staged the whole thing. I believe your daddy was taken. Do you believe in miracles? I guess people believe what they want to believe. I believe I'll have a little more wine. It's time you heard the truth about your father! You're completely insane. Did someone hit you? Leave me alone! What's going on?! I'm going to find my father. Strange Air. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit strangeairpodcast.com for more information.